Okay, here we go. Hmm. You didn't tell me you pushed play. I sneak up on you that way. Yeah. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the podcast from P-Town. I'm your co-host, and one of these days I'm going to come up with a name. I don't know what it is yet. The Queen of the Double Wide Trailer. That's what I am. And we have some extra four-legged guests tonight, so you might hear them. Oh, crap. They're here all the time. Um, yeah. And then, of course, your host, who is hosting. Hello. Um, I hope everybody's having a good week. I say that every week, I think. But mm-hmm. I hope every, One of these weeks I'm going to say, I hope you guys all had a crappy week. Why would you say that? Nobody wishes that on anybody. Well, there's a few people I wish it on. Nope. Yeah, they, there's few people that could have no, a bad no, week. No, 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 no. Anyhow, um, so I think we will probably just get right into it. Yes. I don't have anything witty to talk about, unless you want to hear some jokes. Nope. Oh, uh, we won't have sports news tonight because yeah. our sports correspondent um, had a little bit of a hospital stay with his son so but they're home now so glad they are all well been praying for them yeah yeah um so this is news walmart is going to close its remaining portland stores the city faces shoplifting crisis wow yeah that's why they're closing we've been to a walmart in portland uh-huh. remember that one right off of uh i-84 there yep on the north side yeah yep on the left side if that would the, be north. If we're on the freeway, we it was on our left. Yeah. I'm more left, right, forward, backward, not north, east, southwest. Yeah. Uh, Walmart will close its last... Sorry. Sorry. Can everybody. you oh, silence oh, your oh, phones yes, during the meeting, please? Sorry. <laughs> the one time. Um, Walmart will close its last two stores in crime-plagued Portland as the city contends with the relentless waves of shoplifting that has hammered retailers. Nearly 600 employees who worked at the two stores faced potential layoffs or transfers. However, Portland police carried out a retail theft blitz earlier this month to crack down on shoplifting throughout the city. A two-day mission in December of 2022 led to 64 arrests and 70 warrants serviced. Officers recovered 10 stolen vehicles, three firearms, and nearly $9,000 in stolen merchandise. We're having big retailers leave, said Jordan Zaitz a member of the Portland Police's Neighborhood Response Team. I mean, to have Walmart close two of its stores is a really big deal. The people in those neighborhoods, that's where they shop. Other major retailers with stores based in Portland have experienced issues with shoplifting. Last month, Nike asked uh, city officials for permission to post off-duty police officers at Portland-based stores with the authority to arrest shoplifters. Jeremy Gerard of the Oregon Retail Crime Association told the outlet that shoplifting has reached a crisis level in Portland. He estimated that the worst affected stores were losing as much as $5 million per year to theft. But wait, they're crying for the police to come help them, but they're defunding them. But Portland's such a a beautiful place. Right? And there we go. Hey! Oh, yeah. Come. Never ends. Never ends. And never uh, fails. Yeah. I guess that's a key word. But yeah, so uh, if you live in Portland, sorry, but you're going to have to shop someplace other than Walmart. 
And um, it, it is unfortunate because those places, it like really they say, the people in those in the communities, they shop in those areas. So, right. um, so do the thieves. Yeah, evidently the thieves do too. Maybe, here's a thought, maybe they should start cracking down on crime in Portland. What? And maybe some of this crap would end. What? You're crazy. You know, uh, I was listening to this podcast today, and they were talking about um, the differences between, like, between the police and the sheriff's office in some of these bigger cities, especially they were talking about this one college town where these kids, these rich kids, so their parents will buy a house in this college town, right? And the kid will live there and they'll rent the house out to a few others. So these kids have no real care about the city. They're just going to do their four years, leave, and then the parents are going to sell the house. Well, the police get political pressure from uh, these parents that live there, right? And get all you know, different things. Well, the sheriff's department, they don't care that much because they, um, they're, they work for an elected person. So you can't really fire them. I guess you could repeal them or something like that, but those kids are going to move on anyhow. And the sheriff's still going to be there. So when the police, the police, they go in, um, you know, and they have to fight in these riots and stuff with hats and bats and, you know, do as much as they can. The sheriff's guys, they pull up, and they just start launching tear gas and shooting pepper sp- pepper uh, balls at the criminals and all sorts of other stuff because, you know, they're going to squill, stop the riot. Huh. That's pretty cool. Interesting. It'd be cool to be a sheriff there. Hmm. Um, okay, next. It's a man's world. Wait, Tra- did we think the news correspondent? Thank you, news correspondent. Uh, trans athlete. Wins uh, women's 1,500-meter running event in Canada. A transgender athlete coasted to a victory in a woman's 1,500-meter running event in Canada, marking yet another event in which a biological male outcompeted his female counterparts. Tiffany Newell, 50 years old, placed first in the W50 1,500-meter, which is open to women aged 50 to 54, which took place over the weekend. Newell has repeatedly placed first in women's events and has set global records in her age category since transitioning in 2017. Newell previously rejected the idea of an open category where transgenders would compete with each other, Mm -hmm. saying that he would be forced to run alongside men. The policy makes sense for non-binary athletes, but I don't feel comfortable racing against men. Well, no shit, because you'd get beat. Uh-huh. And uh, I just read another news report this weekend that now transgender athletes, like males that turn into females, are able to compete in powerlifting tournaments. Oh, so weightlifting, where men are naturally stronger uh-huh. than women, uh, you can't discriminate against them. So now all these poor women who have trained their whole life mm-hmm. to you know, be good at something are just going to come in and get, I mean, it's all for nothing, you know. What's going to be funny, though, is when one of these transgender athletes comes in and gets beat by a bunch of women. I'm going to love that. Well, well, it depends on what the sport is, I guess. But here's my thing. I think what they should do in order to put all this to rest is to define a woman. If you were not born with the female parts, you technically, unless you have this female part, you cannot participate in women's events. Just like if you don't have a man's part, 
you don't get to participate in the men's events. But they get given those parts. You do not get given a female part. Yeah, you do. A, they, they're going to give them what? I don't know that we should go into it on the podcast. Because <laughs> there might be youngsters listening to this. But you can you can give fake breasts all you want, right? But you cannot fake the where a baby comes out from. They kind of do. No, they don't. You will not push a baby through that, guaranteed. Well, it's not. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's used for other things than that, just having babies. My point is, if you weren't born with that, you don't get to compete in the women's events. That's my yeah, point. Define a woman. I, I agree with that. That was my point. But, and also, uh, we were talking about this at work today, that um, there's a drug out there now for um, people with AIDS mm-hmm. that I guess it's supposed to, uh, uh, like, lower your uh, your symptoms or something like that, like, help you have better symptoms. And this person was telling me that... In the fine print down at the bottom, it says, in the fine print, it says, this will only be, uh, this is only effective if you were assigned a male at birth. So if you're assigned as a male at birth, Uh so if you get older and you decide to transition to a female, this stuff isn't going to work for you. So biology is showing that it's not actually normal. Preaching to the choir, brother. Anywho. You better not try to become a man. I'm good the way I am. Just checking. Thank you, though. Sometimes the way you talk, I think you're a logger or something. I thought it was a sailor. You could be a sailor, too. You know what they say about sailors? 150 go down and... It's not... Whatever. It's not gay underway. It's only queer at the pier. Nope. That's what they say. No. Okay. Some of them probably say that. Okay, no. Um, so, uh, the national average r- rose last week as the transition to summer gasoline has now started across the entire country. <laughs> we're in snow and we're talking summer yeah. prices. The higher cost of these various blends is being passed along to motorists. Thank you. As we see every year ahead of the summer driving season. Um... This was reported by Patrick DeHan, head of the petroleum analysis at Gas Buddy. Uh, some regions are moving to the required summer gasoline in different steps than others, and the fragmentation of required blends absolutely plays a role in these price increases. Logistical challenges in making the transition during a time when refiners are also doing maintenance work can create hot spots and lead to noticeable jumps in prices during the spring. While we may not see weekly increases, the overall trend will remain upward through much of the spring. By Memorial Day, most of the nation will be transitioned to the respective required blend of fuel. And grass prices could ease, but a $4 per gallon national average remains possible by then. We're already We're at already... almost a $4 per gallon. Yeah, we are. $3.91. That's why we should move to, like, Tennessee or somewhere like that. They... They still have decent gas prices. At $2 or something like that? Yeah. That's crazy. So wait, hold on a second. So I feel like this has, like, kind of in department stores or, you know, Walmart or your Dollar Tree or whatever. So, like, right now, um, they probably have stuff out for graduation, Memorial Day, 
4th of July, right? They're always months ahead of stuff, right? Well, now the gasoline people are like, hey, if the department stores can start selling crap three months early, right. let's jump the gas prices. Oh, what did you... Even s- though people are still in snow. How much did you say uh, bleach went up? Oh, my gosh. It's been a while since I obviously bought bleach. But the last time I bought a gallon of bleach, it was, I thought, two ninety nine for a gallon of bleach. And when I went to the store and went to buy some, what did I tell you it was? six ninety nine. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. $4? You're crazy. I think the last time I bought it was like a year ago, maybe? Bleach. Like, why? We're not in COVID times anymore. I can see that. They jumped every cleaning product out the wazoo with Well, luckily we don't buy it very often. I mean, a year's time to last for bleach. The stuff probably lost its potency over that amount of time. I don't think so. You could sell your bleach as it's aged. Right. Um... So looking at the deaths, always a high point of my day. You're sick. Uh, Tom Love. Do you know who that is? Um, was he one of the guitarists? No. For, oh. He's 85 years old. He was an American entrepreneur and founder of Love's Travel Stops. So like that Love's uh, truck stop over there? Bigs? No. Well, I don't know if they have one of Bigs or not. No. But uh, Oh, in, in, in Madras. Yeah. Um, this guy's pretty cool. Pedro Rodriguez Filho, he was 68. He was a Brazilian serial killer, and he was shot. But there's always a button there. Or a twist. This Brazilian vigilante, known for pursuing and killing exclusively uh, suspected criminals as a teenager between the age of 14 and 19. In particular, he killed an entire gang in response to the murder of his pregnant girlfriend. He was officially sentenced for 71 murders, but claimed to have killed over a hundred drug dealers, rapists, and murderers. He served 34 years and then another seven years for inciting a riot. Then he became a YouTuber for commenting on uh, modern crimes and educating public that uh, criminal acts are not something to be proud of. Uh, that show Dexter uh-huh. that was uh, on TV, or that's, I may still be on TV, I don't know. Um, that show was based on Pedro. Oh. But at about 10 a.m. on March 5th of 2023, Rodriguez was shot and killed by two men firing from a car. So it's oh, probably okay. a gang hit or something. Yeah, right. they were mad that he killed one of their homies. Aw. Well, thank you for doing all you did. Yeah. Uh, Gary Rossington, who was 71, you know who he was? No. He was an American Hall of Fame guitarist with Leonard oh. Skinner. yeah, that was the guy. And the Rosington Collins Band? I haven't heard of them. Mm-hmm. Sarah Lane... She was uh, 73. She was an American actress. She played in The Virginian, and I Saw What You Did. She died of breast cancer. This one kind of... Calvin Newton was 93 and an American gospel singer, and it says he was with the Oak Ridge Boys and sons a song. I'm going to have to find out which one of the Oak Ridge Boys that was. And then Tom Sizemore, he was an American... uh, He was 61. He was an American actor, and uh, he was in Black Hawk Down and Saving Private Ryan and Heat. And he died of compl- complications from a brain aneurysm. Oh. And then the uh, news correspondent added a little oh. FYI thing on here. He said on any week, on any given week, there are about 125 to 160 deaths across the world that come up on the site that I look at. So I really only send the ones that I kind of know about. So, news correspondent, you got to send me the link to that site. I got to I gotta check that out. Oh. You know... If you go onto the OSHA website, you can uh, 
look at um, their fatality reports. That's disgusting. And it'll tell you how people died. I don't care. Well, I mean, I care, but... Well, it helps you to be safe. Well... There's some people, like, oh, should you there be were two people this? that actually died... Should you be talking about yeah, this? Yeah, in a silo. Oh, well, that's separate t- silos. That's terrible. Like, they yeah, fell understand. in the grain yeah, I know. and I am, I know. they tried to get out. I get it. You know how I am about death. I wonder it if they fell on corn, sad. if they'd have corn in their poop when they cleaned them out. Oh, gosh. Okay. What, what's the podcast on tonight? Okay. So, seeing as how, obviously, our co-host isn't into uh, chatting. Death? I don't want to chat about death. Do you want to talk about prison rape? Nope. Well, see, you don't want to chat. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, this week, we're talking about the Philosopher's Stone. And this is kind of a new one to me. Uh, it's a bit weird, but it was... Uh, my dad actually told me to research this. And good kids always do what their parents tell them. Um, and What? What? Uh, what, what? Nothing, 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 nothing. Um, so probably not many of you have heard of it. Um, and... Wait, um, there's something about the stone. Philosopher's Stone. Yeah. Maybe it's this. That in the UK, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's yes. Stone was actually titled as Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. The Sorcerer's well, Stone sounds better. And over there, um, they, uh, they changed the name when it got released to the U.S. Right. Which makes sense. And, and now we're all on the Harry Potter kick. In the adult film movie industry, Harry Potter what? and the Chamber of Secrets was known as Harry Potter and his Chamber of Secrets. Ew. Yep. Ew. But anyhow, this stone, it was a mythical stone that was sought after by alchemists. And if you don't know what alchemy is, it's the process of turning regular metals into silver or gold. Hmm. And so here we go with a tangent. Because that got me thinking when I was doing this. Oh, gosh. So me and a guy from work were discussing this. And if you think about it, alchemists couldn't have been too bright. Because um, alchemy never worked. For one thing. But if you think about it, a lot of what they tried to use to get alchemy was one of their main things was trying to turn lead into gold or silver. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the periodic table of elements, lead is listed as PB, right? Peanut butter? No, PB. And also, I don't think lead naturally occurs on Earth. I think it occurs from supernova stars. But um, gold and silver are listed as AG and AU. So you can't take one basic element and turn it into another one. Because all these elements on the, are the basic building blocks of the that make up everything else. So you can't take a basic element and turn it into another basic element because they're both basic. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. I actually understood that. Yeah. Um, and if I get it, you people should too. I mean, <clears throat> there's obviously quarks and things like that that are smaller than those basic elements. But... Um, it's like kind of trying to turn a man to a woman. It just isn't possible. So, um, back to the stone. They also brought the or thought that the stone could also make a person become immortal. Because they call it uh, Philosopher's Stone. They called it some other name for it. But the first recorded mention uh, that we have of this, of this stone, it came about in like 300 AD. Is when they first seen it show up in literature. And this was in a writing by a guy by the name of Zosimos of Panopolis. <laughs> And 
this guy was he was an alchemist from southern Rome and um, if you want to uh, go down some own rabbit holes of your own check this guy out he did quite a bit of different things but he said that uh, fallen angels had taught the art of metallurgy to the women that they married and this was when alchemy started so um, we're going to take a turn here because the guy was a little bit right about what he was talking about, but he was also wrong. Because in Genesis 6-4, in the Bible, it talks about the Nephilim. And they were said to be men of renown or men of old or something like that. But basically what it's saying that they were fallen angels. And then they came to earth and took earthly women to become their wives. And this created a race of giants. And they're only mentioned a couple places in the Bible. Um, in the actual canonized Bible, they're mentioned in Genesis, and then I think they're mentioned again in Exodus. Uh, but they're also mentioned in the book of Enoch, which isn't in the Bible. I was going to say. And then another book uh, that is in the Bible called the Apocryphon of John. Um, but anyhow, this is where this guy got his idea that alchemy could work. Is he's saying that these Nephilim um, went and had, or these fallen angels is what he called them, went and uh, married these women and taught them about metallurgy. That's what the guy said. Oh, my gosh. But if you think about it, um, if you look in the Bible, the first person to actually become a worker of metals and things like that was, I think, Tubalcon. Didn't know that, did you? Stick with me a while. You'll learn a thing or two. Um, is that like... One of the Transformers? Because it sounds like it. No. No. The dogs I are think, back. Or, was it Tubalcon? Tubalcon? Something like that. Anyhow, um, but there's some writers that say the knowledge of this goes all the way back to Adam, and then it starts to get all really confusing. Uh, it was talking about how this knowledge was sent down through the patriarchs and this and that, you know, kind of basically how they taught this stuff through all the lines of history. Um... Sorry, I had to pause it for a real quick second because stupid idiot animals came in the house and <laughs> don't know how to act in public. But anyhow, yeah, so they say that this stuff was uh, tossed, passed down through the patriarchs of history. But there's no really place where you actually find out what the Philosopher's Stone is. Like, if it's a stone in the ground or something, or a stone that somebody has created and been lost to history... Uh, some places even say it wasn't a stone at all, but more of a powder. And the problem with this is, um, besides the fact that I know that there isn't a stone that could do all this stuff, um, but just trying to find out what they thought it could be, and it almost seems like it was something that was prepared or created, because even up in the Middle Ages um, and past that, they were talking about it being created from the four basic elements, which are earth, water, fire, and air. That's... Like earth, wind, and fire? <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. Uh, one alchemist thought that everything was created by these four elements, and therefore everything could be changed by rearranging these elements and how they're configured within the stone, right? Mm -hmm. um, or this percentage, I guess, of each element within the Which stone. Which I guess back then, I mean way back then, they didn't know any better. Yeah, that's true. Right? I mean, they're doing what they knew to think or do. or. But if you think about it... Um, Going back to what I talked about earlier, things that are composed of lead and 
whatnot, you can't just adjust the amount of them. Well, they didn't know the periodic table clear back in whatever time frame this was. They may have. I doubt it. Um, they even have colors for the stone, too. Red was supposed to work on gold, and white would end up working on silver. And it seems that red was a more mature stone, and that white could become red after some amount of time, or something was done to it. Uh, then there's some others who thought the stone could be made basically by drawing on something. And you can actually look this up uh, on the internet, this picture. Uh, this guy in 1617, he said, make of a man and a woman a circle. So you draw a picture of a man and a woman and then you put a circle around it, right? Right. And then around that you put a quadrangle. What's that? Four? Yeah, four. And then out of this, a triangle. Three. And then make another circle. Mm-hmm. And you'll have the stone of the wise. Thus is made the stone which thou canst not discover unless you, through diligence, learn to understand this geometrical teaching. Well, I looked up who made the periodic table, and it was a Russian chemist named Dmitry Mendeleev in 1869. So, see, they didn't even know about the periodic table back then. Um, so, anyhow, if you look up on the internet, it has a picture of a guy and a girl in a circle, in a square in a triangle, in another circle. and um, But the whole part of thus is made the stone which thou canst not discover unless you through diligence learn to understand this geometrical teaching. So basically, they're setting it up, I think, saying that you'll never discover it because none of you are bright enough to understand this. Well, I feel like I've watched enough of these shows that I could figure it out. Well, you start working on it. Okay. Uh, so all in all, it seems that creating the Philosopher's Stone required alchemy. So creating something that did alchemy required alchemy to do the alchemy. And then the... F <laughs> uh, yeah. So it, it kind of goes back and forth. But one good thing that did come out of this, though, is that creating the stone was kind of the birth of chemistry. And some notable things that were created when trying to create this stone are, mel are more well known. So things that were created by... Uh, trying to create the Philosopher's Stone. Mm -hmm. They created nitric, sulfuric, and acetic acid. Which is used for what? Acid stuff. Uh-huh. And then they uh, created alcohol, which that's always a plus, um, especially iso copious amounts of alcohol. Isoprolific or? Well, isopropyl alcohol is basically, I think, just alcohol that's 99% proof. Because the, the denture alcohol. What? What about the dentured alcohol? Dentured alcohol? Yeah, there's two different kinds. So you put your dentures in or something? Oh, oh gosh. Haven't you ever drank like Everclear? It tastes just oh. like you're drinking rubbing alcohol. Gosh, yes. Who hasn't? Well, there's, I bet my mom hasn't. I bet your mom has probably not. Um, they created new salts, uh, different types of salts, which, do you know what the, uh, the element... Uh, writing for standard table salt is everybody knows that okay what is it it's ncl no you got some of the letters right n and c no l no well those letters are right uh-huh but you're missing a letter a there you go <laughs> n-a-c-l n-a-c-l see the... and you think i'm stupid um I learned that back in the ninth grade. Mm -hmm. um, they also discovered new metals uh, like zinc and bismuth. 
by doing this. And I think bismuth is, remember those rocks that I'd buy at the rock shows that were all like geometrically shaped and they were different colors, but no. they were all like layered and stuff. Remember that gal in the back row sold them I'm trying. at the show? Which show? The Prineville show, yeah. Oof, She's I'm... back on the back row back there. I'm trying. Anyhow. Um, and I was going to make some of those. You can actually do it and make them at home. She wrote out the the recipe for me. Oh, really? But then I put it in my wallet, and all the I sat in my wallet for so long that it, it rubbed all you the ink off. off. Yeah. yeah. And did you know that you shouldn't put condoms in your wallet? Because um, that's not good for them. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, there's still a lot of people that believe alchemy, alchemy is possible. Um there's still people that are trying to create the Philosopher's Stone. And um, the search that I did, or the search that they did, created some good science back in the day. Um, they actually say that putting so much effort in this has become a hindrance to scientific research. Really? Because more of them, more mainstream scientists and stuff say that it's just not possible. So let's quit working on something yeah, that's yeah. not possible and let's work on stuff that is possible. Um, and here's a fun fact to know yeah, and share. See? Denatured alcohol. Denatured. Denatured. You said dentured. Sorry. Anyhow. It's like your denatured teeth. <laughs> um, what? I hope the cat... What do you slap me for? I hope the cat scratches your eyes out. So you want to know fun fact to know and share about gold? Sure, Sheldon Cooper. Okay. Back in the day, the Chinese used gold to help treat syphilis. Oh, dear goodness gracious. Yep. Did you know what else? Oh, no. Most of the time, uh, gold being exchanged is what causes syphilis. <laughs> that is terrible. So, anyhow, that's pretty much all I had for the Philosopher's Stone. There was a few different places that I... and But they were all kind of just saying pretty much the same thing. That it, it's, it's a neat thing to think about i guess maybe mm-hmm. but there's no real nobody's ever created it one guy in france i think it was around the 1600s said that he had turned some stuff into gold but then he never produced any of it that it's kind of like ah. uh sorry if any of you are mormons out there but joseph smith said he got the golden tablets from that angel up on the mountain mm-hmm. right and then when they asked him okay well show us the tablets well there's a problem with that is the angel took them back so, you could just say whatever you well, I you know had all this stuff and well sorry but it, it it's gone yeah it's gone it was taken by aliens no and they took it to Machu Picchu Ugh. so thank you Papa for the the idea yeah keep them coming so next week we're going to go to an idea that my mother actually gave us and you know you've never come up with an idea. Because I sit here and do the podcast. I shouldn't have to come up with the ideas. I had to come up with ideas, and I do the pod. Who do you think came up with the idea You're of the, the seven host. wonders of the modern world? You're the host. You're the co-host. Do you think Vanna White maybe have come up with some ideas for some puzzles on <laughs> Wheel of Fortune? <laughs> no, because they have writers. <clears throat> I bet they probably did. Yeah. So, anyhow, um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, the, another fun thing, you, I can actually look on the place that I host this at. We've got 37 followers on Spotify. There you go. So that means that when we put a new episode out on Spotify, it automatically comes up in their feed. Awesome. So they can listen to it. Right. 
but we would like to turn that into 3,700 or 370 or big numbers like that. Right, but you got to start somewhere. Yep, start small, think big. That's right. <clears throat> That's oh. also how syphilis starts. Oh gosh, no, no, no. Let's let's end on a positive note. Okay. And are you ready for this? Yep. Gratitude leads to love. Gratitude leads to love. That's on your tea bag. Yep. It's positive. It's a positive tea, and they always have a positive message on it. Alcohol leads to love. <clears throat> no. Alcohol leads to shame. Did you know? Oh, no. This is something that I read on a teacher's chalkboard when I was in high school. Um, is it appropriate? It was on a teacher's chalkboard in this classroom. There's all kinds of stuff on the teacher's chalkboards. So, it talks about how thinking can... Or, so it said, um, God is love. Ray Charles is blind. Love is blind. Therefore, Ray Charles is God. No. Why would you say that? It was on the. I didn't come up with it. It was on the stupid teacher's chalkboard. Who's teach? What teacher? Uh, it was in C Hall, and it was a shorter fellow that all the students liked. Sign. He may be doesn't want his name out there in the ether. Was I right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So, anyhow. Uh, hopefully some of, uh, my friends that I went to high school with may listen to this and they would know what teacher I'm talking about. I just told them. Of course. Well, maybe they didn't hear you because you kind of mumbled. You need to learn to enunciate better. The Blessing. (laughs) Favorite movie of all times. Okay. All right. Hey, do something nice for somebody this week. Um, even if it is just a smile or holding the door for somebody. Um. And not letting it. No. Anyhow, you're just going to be nice to somebody. Do something nice for somebody else. And um, we wish that you have a awesome week. A great week. Okay. And we will... Uh, oh, hey, good luck to the cowboys and cowgirls who are headed to state um, this Thursday. Oh, they're yeah. In, they're so if both you listen to this before Thursday, elite eight. root for them. If you listen to it after Thursday, either cry or cheer for them but it's been a long i don't know if we've ever had both teams go to state ouch at the same time i don't think we have yeah yeah this is like a huge deal yeah so it's actually pretty cool yeah okay so have a good week and we will talk to you next week au revoir